Out Loud with Wise and Nerdy, the show hosted by two hilarious dads who bring their unique blend of wit, wisdom, and nerdiness to the airwaves. From sharing hilarious anecdotes about their own experiences to giving advice on navigating the ups and downs of life, these two dads have got you covered. But that's not all. They're also obsessed with Wait, all things nerdy, from comic books and sci-fi movies to video and board games. So whether you're a fellow dad, Stop a making pop audibles. culture fanatic, or just in need of a good laugh, this is Wise and Nerdy. And now, let's have some fun. Look, I am the cold daddy tonight, and I'm watching Joe chase note after note in the show notes as we got prepped for the show. Now, I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Joe says uh, he's bringing the wisdom tonight. I just said I'm the cold daddy. So, uh, <laughs> just like crank it, crank it up, baby. Let's go. Oh man. So you were catching me up a little bit before the show on the Patreon part of the recording about, uh, your job position and, and, uh, everything else. So that was, that was a nice little catch up there. It's true. Oh, man. One, one of my teammates said they're going to start listening to us. So guess I better watch what I say. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you didn't want. It's not like you haven't told the truth about things, uh, in my opinion. You know, I don't work with you because, you know, I wouldn't want you talking about me. But, um, uh, <laughs> but also, it's not together. like you said anything bad about anything. Most most of us don't even know where you work, except in that, that dank room you call a basement. Um, <laughs> it's true. I do work in this basement. But... Um, I, I think I've mentioned it a couple times where I work, but I know yeah. where you work, but you know, it's not important to the show. So I don't think it's you've true. ever mentioned it on wise and nerdy. It might've been mentioned once or twice in the past on Pokemon go, but no, maybe, you know, what's what's interesting. I still run across people playing that game. Of course. I mean, it's still oh, yeah. you know, a fun game, whatever for most people. And whenever I see somebody you're playing, not like random strangers, but, you for if I have a reason to speak to them, like recently I was at T-Mobile uh, shop trying to get a, a phone set up for my daughter, um, and the guy uh, he, we were all waiting on the phone to to load right as you do. So we're just sitting there doing nothing else. So he's playing Pokemon Go on his phone. I'm like, oh, you like? He's like, yeah, I did it. I was like, yeah, I used to do a podcast about that. We were the number one podcast in the world, and he's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, <laughs> right on man right on all right moving on so uh, yeah let's go pokemoning shall we it's the question of the week all right joe i had one and i'm pretty <laughs> sure that we have not used it and it's not like we couldn't use it a million times over because it would cover many many of a topic that we could throw at it however bringing the wisdom Thought that he knew better. <laughs> so, all right, man, drive this car. Let's go, Daddy. That's right, because a certain Kurt isn't here. So, this is the perfect question for while he's not here. What is your go to comfort food? Wait, you, you don't think he has a comfort food because he's a skinny little I'm, punk now? I'm not saying he doesn't have a comfort food, but it might make him long for foods that he no longer is eating. Hey, look. Look, that's why I hold all my AA meetings in a bar. You better toughen up. If you're going to quit something, you better quit it, boy. So you better tell I'm going to talk about all the foods when Kurt's around. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, let, I need some definition. I know what comfort food means, but scenarios. Like sick comfort food. Uh, you just want to feel better, like happier comfort Whatever food. Whatever scenario you want to put it in. Why don't you, why don't you show me, Daddy? 
Okay. Um, so something that you don't really have to think about that you're never going to get sick of that. It's just, I don't know what I want to eat. Okay. I'm oh, okay. I got it. Like, it's, I got it. So, uh, your love, Joe. <laughs> My love. I never going to get sick of it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, like I, my wife, she'll occasionally make, um, uh, homemade crunch wraps and they are okay. fantastic. I love them. Um, but if it's something that I need to just be quick and, and grab and go, um, we've almost always got frozen chimichangas in, in our freezer that and I see that face you're pulling. And I'm sure that uh, some of our listeners are pulling it too, but I'm just like, I'm not trying to be judgy. Yeah, I no. just, I, okay. So, I grew up. Have you ever had a moment? And this might make you change the show notes again, but have you ever had a <laughs> moment in life where you grew up thinking you were one way, but then as you got out into the world, you found out it wasn't that way at all. And in my case, it was, well, we yes. were poor. I mean, we were poor, but I thought I really enjoyed the foods and I thought it was special to get frozen burritos because those were actually expensive compared to like beans and rice and stuff that we're cooking. Right. So it was a treat. And so have you ever had something? So, so that's why I made the face. It's like, yeah, I don't touch frozen burritos now. Not because like I have money. It was like, no, I actually found out I don't like them. I just had a psychological, you know, trick to liking them because it was better than the, <laughs> the, the poor crap I was eating before that. I remember one time my mom asked me what I wanted for dinner. And to this day, I, I'm like, Ew, gross. But I remember what I asked for in this right. specific instance. It wasn't the only time my mom asked me what I wanted for dinner, obviously. But I remember asking for. It was just. Ripped up bread. And it was heated up cream of mushroom soup over it. You and know what? It. I have seen that's like an actual thing. It sounds horrible, but I've actually uh, that's not that's not like a kid making that up in their brain. That's something that people have made before. There's a name for that dish or something. No, yeah, no, I had had it before. Like I, it wasn't just something I came up with or anything like that. I'm like, hey, I remember liking that, but I remember because I didn't know how it was made. I remember asking my mom, "Can you leave the mushrooms out?" Because I didn't know oh, it was cream of mushroom. Well, she could have because there's all kind of cream of other <laughs> yeah, soups like out there. Cream of chicken or cream. Of, yeah. But I nowadays I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to keep saying, yeah, yeah we well, said no. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my comfort food, uh, dude, my go to is 100% Taco Bell all the time. Love Taco Bell. I worked, I've worked at multiple fast food places. Chick-fil-A being one of them. I'm not, I don't hate Chick-fil-A's actually. And I will say it's actually uh, for, for everybody who wants to say it's hate chicken and this and that. Look, I'm not talking about the corporate crap. I'm talking about ground level in the store. There's still federal work laws that, that dictate how things go. And I'm going to tell you, I worked with a gay guy at Chick-fil-A and they treated him just like they treated me. And it was fine. Um, th that being said, I don't hate the food, but I was never a huge fan of, of, of Chick-fil-A. My wife is. Uh, but Taco Bell, I literally, I lost my, one of my first EMT jobs. 
um, from being young and dumb and they didn't want to deal with it. And this, that, the other, and the only job I could find while I was still looking for EMT jobs was at Taco Bell. And I had to serve my former coworkers tacos, <laughs> you know, across the counter. And that was mm-hmm. pride hurting, but I still, to this day, I will love, I'll eat everything there. I don't even check my bag for my order because whatever you put in there is probably about 10 bucks worth of food and I'll eat it. You know, I wanted this one thing, but that's okay. I'll eat everything there. Uh, and to that point, they've just head. gotten so expensive lately. Everything has. I mean, everything dude. is, but well, so you're, you're right. Everything's gone up in price. But one thing that I've been really digging lately is we've been getting uh, coupons in the mail for Subway. And it was this, well, this WN it, it, brought to you by Subway. We're not touching <laughs> kids. We just eat sandwiches. <laughs> Well, and it's it's three foot longs for eighteen bucks is the coupon. That's a good and, deal. And, and I'm and it's and it's not just like they're super cheapo. Used to be five dollar foot longs. It's most of their stuff as long as it doesn't have like avocado on it. Basically, all right, one percenter that yeah, you, know, you grew up actually eating you know cream of mushroom soup. We had to have rice and beans. <laughs> Look, there's no such thing as the cheapo five dollar foot long. Those were still solid sandwiches. Oh yeah, no, I. I used to I used to frequent Subway a lot when they had the five dollar footlongs, and I remember when they went up to like six, six dollars, seven bucks, seven. and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, nope. And so I hadn't been back to Subway in a long time. And then the we got these coupons in the mail, and we've been going probably once a month for the past three four months because these coupons are awesome. And I, I mean, it, it is on average, in my experience, at the cheapest fast food out there, basically. Unless you go to Little Caesars. Little Caesars is probably one of the cheapest. And you can get like a six or seven hot and ready pizza, which for the amount of food you get versus like a meal from one person is makes it cheaper, you know, comparatively. Um, but on average, it's 12 to $15 for a combo anywhere you go, man. And it, it does yeah. kill me. It does. And yeah, I have a little bit of that back in my day. But I remember being in college, <laughs> right? Which is uh, 20 years ago. But I remember being in college and you know it was like hey all my friends are doing stuff for the weekend i've got nothing to do so i am going to go rent um there used to be a place called kangaroo kangaroo video i think it was a small chain of, of video stores that you go rent five for five something like that five dvds for five nights for i don't think it was five dollars i think it was probably closer to ten but basically i could get a bunch of movies right for for relatively low cost and so i go get a handful of movies I go to Taco Bell, and I, I am not lying to you, man, because I was cheap and broke. For $12, I got enough Taco Bell to feed me Friday night and feed me Saturday morning and maybe even Saturday lunch, you know? And now it's like the the box, you know, the the I love how they're so used to be think outside the box, and now they have the cravings box deals, the, you know? But, I, you know, the boxes are just easy to grab and, and go. But those things are, you know, $10, $11. And, and I'll eat one of those in a meal, right? Yeah, so it, it used, used to be like expensive. five bucks. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, um, and, and like yeah. even, do you remember in late 90s, I'm talking like 97, 98-ish, uh, McDonald's had those days of the week where their hamburgers were like 28 cents and their cheeseburgers were 38 cents. Do you remember that? Kind of, yes. Oh, man. I, I remember my dad <laughs> would take us there uh, maybe once a month or so and he just roll up and be like give me 25 it's like a tuesday morning or something yeah 
It, yeah, well, yeah. no, because these were at night. But yeah, it was like okay, a Tuesday so yeah, or yeah, like a Tuesday. Yeah. Or, yeah, something where it's slower because they yeah. they wanted you to get in because they knew you'd probably buy a drink and fries on top of that, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, yeah, that didn't work for us. My dad just rolled up and be like, "Give me twenty five. Yeah, people like us ruined <laughs> that. My wife and I are the same way. It's like, oh, you're gonna give me a quarter for a burger? I'll just take the burger, please. We're done. Out we go. Um, we used to do the oh, yeah. birthday uh, runarounds where you, you set up for all the birthday clubs and get a free fry and a free drink and a free sandwich. And if it said with purchase, all right, we'll purchase like a drink or something to get the freebie. Uh, and we would go all around town on you know, one day and get a ton of free food and not spend hardly anything because as long as they didn't have to, as long as you did not have to make a purchase, we didn't make a purchase. So, but yeah, cover food is, is definitely um the, just if i'm out and about and i'm hungry and it's just me it's always taco bell but there's definitely times where like i really want taco bell and even interestingly enough to that point you talked about asking your mom for a dinner uh i don't know where my mom got the recipes poor people food but uh i this is one of the things i just love it my wife has made it so much better because it has flavor <laughs> but uh you basically, we call it enchilada bake. And it's probably actually called that, but I just say we call that just in case somebody's like, well, I grew up calling it something else. Come on the show, rate us, like us, follow and subscribe, and then I'll listen to you, fool. All right, so <laughs> you, 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 you brown the meat. You make basically taco meat, essentially. Wrap it in burritos, line the whole pan with that, and then pour a bunch of extra chili sauce on top of it and layer it with shredded cheese, and you bake it. But it comes up because the the, the chili sauce you know, permeates the the flour tortillas. It's just this ooey, gooey, chewy, just oh, hot and gooey. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. So, yeah, I will. I mean, to this day, it's still one of my favorite meals. And it's, you know, I mean, I can. It feels a whole 10 by 12 glass baking dish, right? Or 12. What are they say? 12 inch baking dishes, whatever there. Uh, so, yeah, that that's that's uh, one of my go to's. I see two people watching and they're not even chatting. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to tell your mom. You wait till your mom gets home if you're not going to chat. I'm telling you what. Roll that dice. What do you love? I don't know, Kurt. Can you dig it? I don't know, Minnie Kurt. <laughs> Is that the what you think about? We've got, we've got to fix this stuff. Dude. We're we, wrecked. We really do. We, it's uh it's what do you think about yeah yeah we're, we're we're a mess when it comes to comes to doing this show okay well crap you know what it's on i wanted <laughs> i kind of wanted to deal with this one with kurt but it, uh, just because i thought he'd have some interesting things to say but it's fine so i wrote this one uh many times just so for well, those i mean I, we can we can i can pull an audible you ready i got a what do you think about all right, you do that while I tell you, tell everybody about the how I come up with some of these. So after we finish the show, and we're still recording for patrons, uh, there's no telling what we get into. And last night was very, very fun. Uh, last last Thursday night, um, <laughs> Joe and Kurt enacted an SCP scenario where I had powers, and it was fun. Uh, and that was written by, or written with the help of uh, AI by Duvacate. Um so I'm gonna rant on that one. Sorry, he he, he just distracted <laughs> me. That actually works better with the theme tonight. So let's do that one. So anyway, so as we're talking, and I and Joe, especially and Kurt, are, they're talking about stuff. I just keep getting ideas. So I go in and I just type out stuff, and 
And, uh, you know, one of the questions I do want to postpone it. Uh, but one of the questions there was how long before you give up on something like making a change, eating food. And there's just so many things that pop into my mind of how do I do this? Or what do you think about that? So that's where we get these questions from. And uh, we're going to change it up to what, uh, what do you think about movie theaters in the post COVID world? Joseph. Yeah. Cause clearly I, I think, and maybe this is just me projecting, but I think the world as a whole has changed how they view movie theaters in general. Um, and again, this could just be me projecting, but I, I used to make sure to be there for like every Marvel movie and a few others. And I, I used to go probably about once a month ish is, but ever since Ever since COVID and Ever everything. since Movie Pass. Ever since. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Darn Movie Pass. They're back. They're calling uh, your name, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. They send me emails every now and again. I'm like, man, I don't trust you. Once burned, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're under new management. Um, but no, uh, I, I just don't find myself caring. Like, I'll, I'll just wait until it comes to one of my streaming services now. Um, I, I think the last thing I saw in theaters was, um, Spider-Man no way home because I knew that none of my streaming services at the time were going to get it anytime soon. And so I was like, let's go see it. Plus, I mean, it was Spider-Man and it looked phenomenal and it ended up being phenomenal. Um, but I mean that, when did that come out? Like two years ago now? Sure. I like, I just, I don't. I don't go to the theaters near what I used to. No, uh, I've talked about this in, in other scenarios and maybe even on this show is theater is not what it used to be, which is special, right? Not every town had one. Uh, I grew up in, at some point I grew up in a small little town called was well, a medium sized town called Tifton. And it had a little tech college down there, and it had some other stuff. And so they had a little four-theater movie theater, you know. Um, and you back in that time, in the 90s and 2000s, and, and man, really until the internet really blew up mid-2000s, um, you really wouldn't know sometimes that a movie was coming out. You know, you would say, oh, well, let's see, let's see what's playing. And you call the movie phone or you get your newspaper or wherever you found the information. And you're like, oh, my God, there's a new Batman. I had no idea. You call the theater for the robot voice that just keeps looping through yep. it the whole time. And you wait and then you get bored and you miss it. And so you're like, dang it, I've got to yeah. wait for the whole thing to go back. Or <laughs> All right, kids, this is the toughest story, the little side story here. All right. So, so this is how that would go. You call, welcome to movie phone at your local four theater hole in the wall. This is for Friday night, or sometimes they get the teenager to do it. This is for Friday night at uh, November 30th. And you've got Batman The Adventure Begins at noon, 1 30, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Matinee's end at 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 30, <laughs> and 9 30. You've got. Home Alone 4, Nobody Cares, <laughs> at noon, 
Two, I stopped yeah, three. and that's how that's how it went. And so by the time by the time you get to the third or fourth movie, the one you're looking for, and the thought you've kind of zoned out of it, yeah, and you'd have to hang up and dial. Oh my god, it was so bad. So yeah, so but but the thing was the adventure of it was you you would make sure you were there for the previews, right? Because that was the only real way you could get hyped that something was coming. And I remember, I remember to this day the first Hulk. The Ang Lee Hulk that came out, right? And and uh, nobody knew it was coming. Had no idea. And then I'm in this theater, and the preview comes up. And yes, Gramrod. Kramer was the movie phone guy on Seinfeld. Absolutely. Um, but the trailer came out for that Hulk. And I was like, oh. And I mean, all the the very I think the teaser was just Bruce Banner wiping the mirror, and there was the face of the Hulk, and I was like, "What?" And then it went <laughs> coming, and whatever year it came out, it was this trailer was a year and a half ahead. So like this, like at this point, it'd be coming uh, summer of twenty twenty five. I was like, "No," you know, but it, that's how it was. Now yeah, it's just a little teaser to build up hype, right? And then it became. Not just a spectacle, it became this beast that fed itself for all the overhead of you have to, it became the date night in the, in the, you went to do this and you went to that and, and it was hard. I, I hate going on Friday or Saturday nights because the last time I went on like a Friday night, it was, it was something like a Black Hawk down or we were soldiers, you know, back late nineties, early two thousands. And it was a serious moment. I think it was, we were soldiers with Mel Gibson. And it was towards the end, where which was based on a real story. It's this, this war story. I think it's Korean War. I can't remember. But it was this moving story. And home theater stuff had really be, started to become more and more affordable, right? So you, you could have stuff at home bigger, a little bit bigger TVs and sound bars and this and another. And people started just taking advantage uh, or started just going talking more, really. And... We're in the theater, and it's towards the end. It's this hard, hard, and these two guys behind me are just yakking away, and I was ready to throttle them. It ruined the experience for me. So I was like, never again. I'm not going on a fire Saturday night because it's it's young kids who smell, and by smell, I mean they just take baths and perfume and X-Body spray, and they talk, and they, they I don't if know. you're that's lucky, that's the smell. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll take three-day-old weed over X-Body spray is all I'm saying. But um, so getting to the post-COVID world, it just became this – this machine and, and more and more stories were coming out about how Disney is horrible for the, the movie, the, the movie going world because they, they demand so much from the theaters. So then the theaters have to really crank up the popcorn oh, yeah. and, and prices yeah, the different and pricing yeah. schemes. And well, uh, if you want, if you want that big movie, star Wars force awakens, whatever coming, you've got to play this movie. You know, you got to take this one that you might not want as much and you got to have it for eight weeks and you cannot do discounts and you cannot do group rates and your employees can't see it for free. And I mean, all this stuff. So it became this monster. Right. And even then, like you said, I was going to, to, I'd find like a Monday night or something or Monday morning or whatever, but I'd find a a time to go to see all the Marvel films. And I'm still trying to go see the Marvels right now. I, I do enjoy some of these things do look better on this better screen and it has progressed you got the dtx and uh, the uh, screen x and you've got all these different ways that make it look better sound better more experience but my problem is that you hate people okay that is a problem yeah <laughs> but it's it's the the it's such tight margins for the actual theaters themselves 
that is very hard to get a good experience. And I don't think these 24 theater multiplexes, which I have one not that far, it's where we went to see Demon Slayer. And it's a nice multiplex. And they have all kind of experiences in there. The theater I went to for Demon Slayer, basic experience. It was, I mean, decent seats, but that was it, right? Um, but my local theater, it the, the seats are 20 years old, 15 years old. So are the carpet, so are the walls, so, are, so is all the decor, everything in it. At least they fixed some of the actual damage that was in there. Um, but it's 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 just something different to do. And, and I'm gonna talk about something later about about that. But my my thing is the movie companies can make so much more money by just doing it direct to home. Man, trolls. Yeah. Trolls one did okay. It was fun. Trolls two came out right after COVID and was one of the first movies to be released direct to home instead of going to the theater because the world shut down. And in the first weekend, I think it's trolls world tour and the first weekend trolls made as more money in that weekend at home than they did in the entire run of the first trolls. And by all accounts, the first trolls was successful financially. And that said something to the world, and that freaked out all the theater owners and all this other stuff. And here's my thing. If you can look it up, there's a uh, – uh, I'm sure there's other ones similar to it, but there's a chain of family-owned theaters called B&B, like the letter B is in B, all right? So uh, B&B Theaters. And there's one in Athens, which is where I work, and the whole thing is basically an experience, there's one or two regular theaters, but they have a theater specifically in there that throws back to when they started in 19-something. I'm talking about like 1920s, 1930s, uh, when that, that family started a theater. And so it's very much old-time theater feel to it. They have this thing called Screen X, which I yet to try, that has screens on the sidewall as well as the front wall. They have Lyric, which is all Shays lounges, and you can only have 30 people in there total. And the Shays Lounge is a nice uh, heated one, and they're very spaced out. So you, you get your you, – you, when I say privacy, it's like you're not bumping elbows with somebody else. You, you have some, so they, And they even have a kid's one that has a huge indoor playground built into the theater so your kids to play and run around. And then it says, hey, now it's time to sit down and watch the movie and then encourage everybody to sit down and watch the movie. But it's, it's, it's an event. And, and my long rant brings me around to I think that – not everything needs to be released to a theater, period. And honestly, I think it's pandering from some of my favorite artists who get, and I find it a little offensive, who get up there before a movie on a trailer and be like, only in theaters. I'm like, you're doing that because, well, maybe you believe it, maybe you don't, but you're wrong because you still make most films, unless it's a huge big blockbusters like Marvel, most films make their money in streaming and in DVD sales. <gasps> what? What? Is that why we just had a big actor strike that, that that shut things down for a while? Yeah, because their contracts didn't build in streaming. Remember the last strike before this one, Joe? You remember what it was about? Uh, nope. DVD sales and Blu-ray oh, sales okay. because their initial contracts weren't set up because they didn't see that coming. And so when DVD and Blu-ray started coming, they weren't getting pieces of that. So that was that strike. That the last well, I, huge one. I know Scarlett Johansson sued Marvel Studios for Black Widow because 
it wasn't in her contract any of the profits for streaming. Right. It was she was getting a big cut. She was getting points on the back end for uh, like the theater stuff, and it didn't go to theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or maybe it had a limited theater run. No, it's dead dead in the middle of COVID. Yeah. It was dead in the middle of COVID. It didn't go to theaters at all. And yeah, so she didn't get any, and I had to pay. Well, she she did eventually. Right. But she had to fight for it. Right. Yeah. And then they killed her. So, um, mm. well, they killed her before that. (laughs) Uh, Kind of. Um, so, uh, uh, you're probably right. Um, but yeah. And so that's what this strike ultimately came around about. I mean, there's other pieces of it, like don't let AI take writers jobs and so on and so forth, which AI is not there yet. I'm just telling you, but, um, yeah. So the money is still there. So it all works together. That's what I think about theaters in the post-COVID world we don't need them as much as they're there we need it to me it needs to be an experience you need to have a reason to go see a film in a theater and that being said i am a member of the amc a-listers club and get the three movies a week which honestly if you get three movies in a month it's paid for itself and you get some free stuff you know but you know you've, you've overcome the the price barrier there um and so i do go to more movies but if i didn't have that I wouldn't be going to nearly as many movies as I, I do. And I will say that I'm going to throw this back to you, Joe. It's not just a theater experience, right? But you talk about how you should always go for the Marvel movies and the Star Wars. But there's some oversaturation of that, right? When we've gone to opening nights three to four times a year, when that's out of our norm, that just kind of goes, eh, I can wait. I can wait a little bit to see it. Eh, I can wait till it's on streaming to see it. Well, and I'm... Marvel's taking a, a a downturn anyway, so it's like, meh, I'll wait. To I, see I disagree for the entertainment level, but not not everything in Marvel needs to be in the theaters. Loki has been phenomenal. I, I have really liked Loki in a TV format, right? You know, yeah, but I I do think a lot of their movies have been pretty lackluster lately. Well, the, you know that does we'll beg see. the question that could. Any of their movies that weren't that, and that you know what? I'm not going to argue quality because I, I, it's subjective, right? I enjoy like people like the dog on Thor: Dark World. I still enjoy it. So there's there's a perspective yeah. thing, right? But, but there's definitely been experiences of these movies that didn't necessarily need to be in the theater that could have been a Disney Plus debut, and honestly, probably been received better. And you talk about being at home. I don't know what your setup is, but I know my setup is an okay soundbar, $150, $200, nothing major. Because I think nothing major because I priced them. They, they're as expensive as TVs now if you really want the nice stuff. I've got a nice middle-of-the-road TV, and it's 75 inches, and it's a 4K TV. Um, and I can pause the movie when we want to take a bathroom break. I don't have to put up with anybody else's smells and stinks or noise. And I can just sit on my own. just my own. exactly, <laughs> and I can sit on my comfortable couch and not onto a chair that's that may or may not be broken in my in my experience. So that that all competes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what time it is. Roll that dice. Random dice time. <laughs> what are you nerding out about now? Well, Joe, since we're talking about theaters, 
I'll go. I, 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 I listen to mine second. Like, I go first every week, but then you call them audible and it works out. Uh, okay, man. I will tell you this. I am. See, this is what I'm talking about. Now, I am a shareholder in AMC. It's a very risky adventure, and I'm not putting a ton of, ton of money into it, but I believe if I'm going to give you my consumer dollars, like I do with the, the like a ongoing thing, like I do the uh, AMC A-listers, right? It's like, well, I'm going to invest a little bit in their long-term success and see what happens. And so I am a, a shareholder there, and we get some some specialty things every once in a while. Like I'll, I'll get a free drink just because I'm a shareholder every once in a while, so on and so forth. This... Now, I wish, I wish instead of just being shareholders where they're talking in business, they would send out surveys like, hey, we've got these ideas. As a shareholder, what do you think? Because you're invested in our success. I would have loved to know about this beforehand, but I talked about it a few weeks ago, AMC screen unseen. And when I talked about it then, you Googled it and like, oh, and there was not a lot of information out about it. So it is on scheduled and it's not like surprise random nights but it is on random nights it's not like every monday it's not like every other monday as yet anyway uh so far my experience has been it's a monday night um and i went to the first one talked about that that was uh next goal scores and it was basically a sneak preview of two weeks ahead of advance of its wide release and it was a very good film and it's oh, a bit I didn't of an indie realize film. that it they showed it to you before it was released. I, at the time when I talked about it on the show, I didn't realize either. I looked it up later because uh, oh. I, I was I was talking to some. I don't know. So, oh, I know what it was. I saw an ad for it on TikTok, which is usually like the TikTok movie ads are typically about a week before the release. I'm like, why is this showing up here? Because I'd figured it'd been out for a while. You know, I was just kind of figuring it's like, hey, maybe it didn't do quite as well, and they're showing it again. No, they showed it two weeks ahead of general release. Cool. Also a bit of an indie film. Phenomenal. Enjoyed it. And that's part of the, see, I think that's part of the magic of screen and seeing you don't go in with preconceived notions. You literally have no idea what you're going to watch. As you pointed out when we talked about it last, you know, the rating of it and that's it. And the date, the rating and the date and that's it. Uh, so that was PG 13. This one was rated R. Uh, Aaron and I both enjoyed that experience. So we're like, we're going to try again. And uh, we went ahead and signed up and got our seats this time ahead of time because uh, it wasn't a full theater, but people like our seats and we like our seats. So you know, screw you under, I got a podcast and my seats. Uh, so I wanted to get tickets ahead of time. So we did that. Um, and we got there. And again, it's a mis- mishmash of different previews. And it's a bit of an indie scene. This one was called American Fiction. And I'd seen one, maybe two previews for it and knew about it. You will not like that film, but I'm, I thought it was a very great <laughs> commentary on media and, uh, and how uh, uh, biased. You, and I don't mean like news media, but how when, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. It's a great commentary. The premise is, um, oh, I lost his name. I love this actor, too. He was in Westworld. As as one of the uh, main characters, um, and I can't think of other stuff he's in, but he's uh, a writer and a, a, a professor at this college, and he's he's trying to really push people to think and this and that and the other, and he writes critically acclaimed books that nobody buys. He, he's very educated. And the, it's just the writing in this is so solid, and the premise of the movie is he can't sell his newest book, and nobody's wanting to pick it up. And then this 
this thing splashes down that is so over the top dumb. Jeffrey Wright, thank you. Yes, Joe. Um, Jeffrey Wright. So it was so over the top dumb, and, and it's, it's it's taking just the most ignorant look at American African American society and putting it in this book. It's saying stuff like "ain't it," and uh, I was going to. Uh, I mean, it very much sounded like um, the nineteen fifties and sixties, where uh, they were they were song of the south kind of thing. Yes, Amasa, and those kind of things. It, just how that's. This particular book was written. anyway. So he's like turned his nose up and he got pissed off and drunk one night. So he wrote a book like it and he sent it to his publisher uh, as a joke. And, and his publisher, he's like, now push it out. I mean, he like, he wanted to really push it all the people who had published him before that wouldn't buy his book. And then, of course, the movie is they love the book and he has to go through all this other stuff and he did it under a pseudonym. It's a great, it's not just a great commentary on when people grab ideas instead of actually look at things. It's also this amazing story of this family, his family, having things happen and learning about themselves. And I just really, really enjoyed it. It was really great. Again, we got to see it about two weeks before the wide release. Uh, it's going to have a limited release on December 15th. It's going to have a wide release December 22nd. I, I will say if you like commentary on society and uh, Jeffrey Wright, which is great. Oh, yeah, he is the watcher in the What If series, isn't he? Thank you, Assorted of Geekdom. <laughs> You're one of our favorite fans. Um, so that's what I'm geeking about right now is I, I one thing is, you know, when you're looking at trends, one is a, a picture. It's just a moment in time. Two is kind of like a video, if you will, of your vacation. It's a moment in time, but it's a more details to it. You have to have three times or more to start a trend. So if the third time they do this, it's kind of an indie film. And I say kind of, because it did have some good distribution. It has some, some money behind it, but it's not a blockbuster film. And if it's still done two to three weeks before the wide release, I'm in. I'm 100% in, because I'm going to turn into the movie reviewer. Yo, that's I'm easy advice to give. Able, I'm surprised they're able to do that. Uh, I'm I mean, sure they've sure worked they, out deals. They worked out, yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure they've worked out something. But And again, yeah. it's, it's all it is is hype, right? Because what did I do? What did I do? I came back home and talked about Next Goal Scores and how great it was. And that's got the Sundance Film Award and this and that and the other. This one, when I looked it up. It was all you. You hyped it up. That's and right. Now got- and now it's great. <laughs> uh, American <laughs> Fiction, uh, the only the place, I mean, it's been shown at a ton of film festivals, uh, presumably to to garner attention and to uh, get distribution, which it got, you know, it's, it's going to be distribu- distributed uh, widely in December 22nd. But yeah, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a film like, yeah, the film was okay, but the experience, the experience of no preconceived notions. Hey, let's go and see what's up. Both of these films, this is the part I said earlier, I was going to talk about later. Both of these films were something that hit my radar. I was like, that looks interesting, but I would not choose to spend my money to go to the theater to see it. And I might not choose to use my passes and make time to go see it if there's something else that caught my eye, you know? But yeah, because you yeah. can't use your passes, or can you use your passes for the screen unseen stuff? Oh, yeah, I can use A-list? it for everything. 
Okay. Awesome. A lister. Yeah. For, for AMC, for the a lister, I can go with no restrictions. I can go to the, 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 the debuts, the fathom events is different. Fathom events is, is just, they sell the tickets. They're just hosted there. Got um, it. Got but, it. So like demon Slayer, I couldn't use it, but, um, everything else, the IMAXs, the opening nights, the, all that stuff. I can, I can use my passes on. So yeah, we use it on the screen unseen and we go to it. Uh, which, if you don't nice. have passes, as you pointed out, Joe, I think it's five dollars a ticket. You know, oh, that's not bad at all. Uh, now yeah. that could but vary I, wherever you live in the United States or the world. I don't know if AMC is a global thing. I should know that. I'm an investor, but I don't know that. What are you saying, Joe? I, well, I was just going to say uh, you mentioned going in without any preconceived notions, and that can be that can definitely enhance the experience. Um, like for instance, when I, I was in college fairly newly married uh my in-laws recommended that my wife and i go see red and we oh, had never yeah. we we hadn't heard anything about red oh that made it so good okay. didn't it and, and so all that all that we were told from my in-laws was that it was a great action movie that's it that's it's, all they said it's rated r you sinner it is not it's pc-13 okay um and so the the college town that we lived in had a, a cheap theater um where they would get they would, they would buy they would buy the reels from the other theater like a month or two after, after they were released yep. and uh you could go to a matinee for like two bucks yes and, i had that in college town it was so good yeah and so we were like, we were like, hey, let's go see Red. Your parents recommended it. It's at the cheap theater. Let's go. And so we get there. And I don't know if you remember how Red starts off, but we were told it was an action. We were told it was an action film. And it's it starts off with like Bruce Willis doing normal day to day stuff. Oh, yeah. And calling, <laughs> and calling Social Security and, yeah. and all that. And I'm like, we're we both looked at each other. We're like, what? is this and and then i mean there's that moment where red just flips on a dime Boom. and you're like oh this is what it is it, yeah. it's such a good movie so was it good. red or red 2 where it starts off it must be red 2 maybe it's a different film there bruce willis is sitting in a chair talking to somebody and that's basically the middle of film that they come back to but he's telling the story it's interesting. Uh, they definitely don't come back to the beginning in in so red. Maybe in so. two, or maybe in something different. But yeah, yeah. So, but that that's uh, and you know what to, to finish up the whole experience of post COVID theater. Maybe that's what I love about the screen and scene is before is basically unseen. Now I might know that such and such movies coming out this summer. You know the blockbuster summer of, of Lethal Weapon and Batman, and um, there are some other big ones that come out all the same year. That you okay? Oh, we know that you. We saw previews a year ago or a few months ago. We know it's coming. We're excited, but it's still that no preconceived notion. You didn't have the bombardment of the internet and the bomb. You didn't have at the time fifteen different installments in the franchise. The only thing that had that basically was uh, James Bond, right? And they changed up how those were done every few years. So I think they maybe that's why I love it. And they did a, a thing a couple years before COVID. Um. Aaron and I have always been uh, the card members at AMC to get the points and whatever, whatever stubs, the stubs yep, members. The stubs. Uh, when it was free, and I think then you start paying a little bit for it at some point. We're like, yeah, it's worth it to to get some discounts or whatever. Uh, but because we were stubs, stubs members, we got invited to some indie film screenings. That basically is what this is, essentially. 
and for free. It's like, hey, you're a member. We'd like for you to come see this movie. And I watched two independent films with Mark Ruffalo in them that were phenomenal back then. Uh, so, yeah. So that whole no preconceived notions, let's just go have an enjoyable night out. That's kind of the second part of what theater should be. Besides that experience, it should be easy. Here's just something fun to try. That's different. And let you talk about it later. But you are going real old school. <laughs> yeah. So my wife and I started rewatching this is probably our third time watching uh, Psych on Prime Video. It's so fun, right? It is so good. Uh, I think we're on season three now. I can't remember how many seasons there are. Plus, there's the movie afterwards. But uh, man, I I love psych it is it, it is hilarious and um like <laughs> we we occasionally were like hey do we want to watch uh something else and we're like no we we need to laugh today and so just psych is awesome so for those who are unfamiliar with psych it's about a, a guy who has um basically eidetic memory photographic memory and he is highly observant um, but he plays it off as being a psychic. So he has a private, a private psychic detective agency, and he gets contracted mostly by the police department to help with cases. And, and uh, his dad, who is Corbin Burnson, who's really tough nails, right? Uh, does great flashbacks of where he's pushing him hard, but his dad is a retired cop and is so grumpy about his son doing this the whole time. It's so good. Yes, because his dad wanted him to just be a cop. Right. And that's and why so, he was teaching him about observation. His dad taught him all the skills that lets him do this crap. It's funny. Yep. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's a good one. If you've never watched it, uh, you should definitely give it a try. It is hilarious I, I it, it turned me on to a lot of actors right all the main actors i mean the only one i really knew in it was corbin burnson to start with uh but it, it, it i discovered timothy omenson who is lassie uh <laughs> yes. i love him he is so good at what he does he, he is but every time i see him i think of the directed direct to tv disney movie luck of the irish where he's a leprechaun. I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him. That sounds funny. He, he he's a leprechaun that goes around stealing other leprechauns' gold. <laughs> uh, so Joe, you referenced the psych movie. Did you know there were three psych movies? Yeah, I because there's say I've, psych. I, I know I've seen at least two. I think I've seen all three. This is Psych the movie in 2017. Followed by Psych 2, Lassie Come Home in 2019, and Psych 3, This Is Gus in 2021. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all because and the, the there's last a fourth one, one in was, the works, apparently. The, the third one was only on Peacock. And I remember being like, ah, it's only on Peacock. Yeah, that's right. And and, and Peacock had some weird stuff with their um their website that it, it wouldn't let you play it on a separate monitor. And like, it was real weird. Like their website was real janky back then. I'm sure it's improved since then, but I really haven't done much on Peacock. I, I, I mean, I'm watching my phone or something. I haven't tried anything outside of, of standard viewing of it. I, I will say Peacock to me has really stepped up with their programming. 
I, I, I like, and we've talked about it here when Oak Ryland was on the show. Yeah, we talked about Twisted Metals on there. Uh, if you're into this thing, Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie is streaming there. Uh, they've gotten a lot of good streaming films coming that came straight to them. So I, I'm, I'm pretty it. sure they have Park Parks and Rec because I keep I keep wanting to rewatch yeah, it, and so. I'm pretty sure they've got it. And so yeah. I, I'm like, ah, yeah. roll that yeah. dice. Okay. Stay tuned for this commercial break. All right. I'm going to handle this one so nobody can mess it up. Look, 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 look. Look, listen, Linda, listen, listen, Linda, Linda, listen. We need your money. I am freezing. I need some heat up in this studio, baby. So support us over at patreon.com slash wise underscore n underscore nerdy. And come share your love. It'll get you to the Discord. Which we're we're going to launch some new stuff in the new year uh, with all that. But we'd love to have you come support us. Now enjoy this jam session. Nice little brain refresher right there. That got me a little hyped up. I like that song. Uh, it's really cool. And look, we really, we, we, Joe doesn't care, but you know I care. I always want your speak pipes so bad, so bad. Call your daddy, wiseandnerdy.com slash call dad. And we'd love to have your voice on the show. And that's one of my favorite parts. I love to hear from you. So come on and do that jam. Joe, what's next? <laughs> your face. <laughs> All right, here's my face. Daddy. Help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. Wait, am I the butt face? <laughs> That's what Joe has to ask every time he interrupts me. <laughs> What's next, Joe? Come on, roll that dice. Let Daddy decide. All Which right. is actually, how do I now? <laughs> yep. How do I live without you? So, Joe, it was a, almost a year ago that uh, I broke down. It wasn't a year ago. It was like the spring. Maybe. It was like uh, over a year ago. Was it? I thought it was like maybe the spring. But, you know, you and I together for the show purchased many years ago, purchased a 3D printer. And we did some cool stuff with it. It's a lot of fun. But I was like, you know what? I'm really not using it. I'm not fulfilling my end of the bargain. We did share the purchase of this. I think you should have it in your basement so you can have fun with your kids. And you seem to be more of a responsible adult when we do stuff for the show like that. And <laughs> I brought it to you. How little do you know me? Right. I, I brought it to you. Not, And I don't regret it. I've not once gone, man, I wish I had that back. Not one single time. But Joe, how long did it take you to set that thing up? How do I get into 3D printing? Ever. Um, and really, I just needed to reorganize stuff so that I had somewhere to put it, set it up, um, which is what I did this past week is I finally set up and it's it's it really is an entry level um, 3D printer. Like if you Google, what's a good starting printer? They're like, oh, get the Creality Ender 3, which is what we've got. And, and it's it's a fantastic it's, little printer. It's pretty solid. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't 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 expect to print anything huge on it unless you're breaking it up into segments. But it is a fantastic little printer. And uh, so, yeah, so I finally got it set up and um, the you left it with the chip in it. And so I went ahead and just said, print. What the yeah, nothing weird on it. I promise in. there's nothing weird on that little card. I don't know. I haven't I haven't tried printing a couple of the things in there that I'm like, hmm. So I think there was like something marked as Among Us and a few other things. Who knows? That sounds sus to me. But um, <laughs> I thought to say you even know what a fuck is, but all right, all right. <laughs> yes, I know what Among Us is, you imposter. Um, and so uh, I got it set up. Uh, you already had it preloaded. I just hit like I literally plugged it in, turned it on and, and hit print and it started printing. It wasn't that bad at all. Um, but so then I went out to Thingiverse. Thingiverse is a great website yep. for finding yep. um, community uh, files. But what they give you is STL files. They don't give you files that you uh, can use directly. Um, at least not with the Ender three, and so uh, I had to take the, well, the. You got the software for the Ender three, right? The 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 whatever it is, I forget what it's called now. Uh, so it, there, I do not have any software from Creality. Uh, well, okay, but you got something, yeah. Yeah, so I found a. I, I googled what's a good software to use. It's called there. It's called Slicer Software. What's a good Slicer yeah. software for the Ender Three? And one that came highly recommended was this Prusa Slicer. And so I downloaded that. You can you upload the um, the STL file directly into it, and then you can scale it up or down, and it gives you a mockup of how big your printing area is. So you can see that you're not printing um, too, too big for your printer and things like that. And uh, once you get it how you want it, you can modify it on there. Yeah, that civilian said exactly the one that, <laughs> that I'm using. Um, and so I... Um, I have started 3D printing some stuff. I've I've even told my kids, look, I'm going to 3D print you guys some presents for Christmas. Yeah, you do. There you go. And so I, I've started 3D printing a few things here and there. I went ahead and ordered 80 something dollars worth of filaments so that I had the right colors. For... Oh, you're probably doing something specific. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, so we have glow in the dark I... filament that we never used that you have uh, now. Actually... Other uh, right, uh, the, the second thing I printed was using the the, the glow in the dark. Okay, you gotta get. It. I want to um, see. It. I want to see it because I, I, I that was one I was excited about. What about the? Did, don't, didn't we buy some prism one that it kind of changes the color as it goes through to give it a shine? We we're gonna if shine we did, with it. If we did buy it, you didn't give that to me. I don't have that. Maybe we didn't buy so it. Cause it. I gave you everything I had. I believe. I have to check. Not qu uh, not quite because I found something while I was there, DragonCon, and nicked it from your from the house. Okay, green, well, I intended filament. to give you everything that I had because <laughs> uh, there was no reason for me to hold it back. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, so I, I did three D print a my um, my boys have been watching a lot of Digimon, so I three D printed a, a Digivice for my middle child because that's what he was wanting. My uh, oldest boy wants me to three D print him a full size Keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. That's pieces. And, and, you gotta do that in pieces. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I found I found a print on Thingiverse again that broke it up into 
uh, like eight different prints that you do something like that. And, uh, and so, yeah, and that's actually all the colors that I bought today is so that I can print those. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm printing a bunch of stuff and we're going to print, uh, a nativity ornament for my in-laws for Christmas because they're like, Christ. They're like, well, yes. I know. I know. Thank you for getting the joke, Joe. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, they like they've got a nativity collection. I I counted it like five or six years ago, and they had almost a hundred nativities between ornaments and different stuff set up that they put up every year for Christmas. And uh, and so I'm like, okay, well, let's add to that collection. We're gonna 3D print them. Uh, a, a nativity snowflake ornament and we're going to do that. And so, yeah, so I'm getting into it and a lot I of it, you would man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, they, they print forever. Like I knew they printed a long time, but I wasn't expecting those little squirtles you had it, you had it. So it would print two at a time, but they're literally like two and a half, three inches tall. And it took six, like seven five and a half yeah. or six hours. Yeah. To print those. And I was like, Holy cow. Now you so, can't, you can't adjust. So that's this, the, how do I, how do I get the 3d printing? And there's a rabbit hole you can go down and I want to talk about leveling here in a second, but yeah, you can actually, there's so many settings that you can use on the, I don't think I used the Persa, one I used, I think I used the one that was from Creality that I just liked the best. Uh, it just, it just made, it worked for my brain and you can move things around, whatever. But you can change some settings in it to print faster, to print thinner, to, to, to do all kinds of stuff. If you really want to learn how it. much, how much fill that you're doing yeah. and, and all that. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not that. That's why I was like, yeah, this thing is a cool toy for me. But I knew once you got into it, at least for a little while, you would actually use it more like it's designed um, because I still, I, I will have one at some other point. Cause it's just fun to go, you know what? That sounds cool. I'm going to print the, you know, a Deadpool rubber ducky and you just, but, but that's, <laughs> I'll do it like once a year, but yeah, you're already, cause I don't want to yeah, paint and, them either. I'm not that guy, but I think you and your kids would have fun craft day painting the figurines that you, you built. Yeah. Well, and I, I need to, I agree with civilian, I, I need to learn how to do more 3D modeling so that I can make my own stuff mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, Ebbett's really um, good at that. Uh, he helped me before with some, some files and whatnot. Now, I'll tell you, the Microsoft, there's a Microsoft 3D program that comes with Windows. And it's actually pretty easy to use in this sense, okay? Again, I never started from scratch. I always got some kind of STL file that somebody else did, right? But if you, I don't know if that particular Squirtle you printed had the Pokemon Go logo in its back, embedded in its back. Uh, but if it did, that's the one I went to. I was like, okay, I can't just have this thing standing out as a square. That's, that's not good for me. But I wanted it, as we were giving away for the show, I wanted our branding to be on it and look nice. It, nice is always key to me. And I went into the Microsoft 3D printer and very easily figured out how to put our logo in, emboss it so that it's more of an indentation or, or you know, cut out in there. And then had it sink into the back instead of stand out. So it, it was exactly what I wanted, where you printed the shell of the turtle, Squirtle rather, and right in the middle of the shell was our logo and it looked appropriate. 
And it did really well with that. So if that there's a place for you to start there. If you want to start actually doing your own models, it's uh, actually I'm on my windows right now. I can look it up, but you know what? I, I'm not gonna, I should, I should make a custom one based on the uh, TikTok you sent me the other day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I knew you'd like that one. I knew you'd like that one. <laughs> you should print, you should print our faces, your our logo up uh, uh, for, or for the show. But, but yeah, our, our, uh, our discord popped that in as well. Did you see that? A civilian who's here live also put the video. The of that squirrel. Yeah. Well, so you, you sent me the TikTok and civilian, like you guys were within like half a day of each other sending it out to me. And I was, I was like, that's funny. That's that's we know you, we know you well, man. Um, so like, I, I want to get the leveling in a second too, but that, the, uh, the Among Us ones. So just to give you an idea of how cool this means, if your brain can design in this kind of space, like some people can draw and that's a 2D thing. Some people can animate, uh, some people can sculpt and you kind of have to have that creative level of being able to see it before you do it. But those Among Us ones, they are characters. They come in two pieces and there are characters and you can make them die by taking them apart. And when they, they come apart, it's just oh, like the, the, bone, bone, sticks the out. bone sticks out. And that's what <laughs> connects them in the first place. And yeah, it's, it's nifty stuff. So leveling is important. How did you figure out how to level the, the platform? The I didn't. I just hit. I just hit print, and it worked. Well, you're fortunate because that. I mean, it is important because that, that's what will get it eventually once it gets off level. That's what'll mess up the the printer nozzle, and it'll kind of start being stringy and go out. There's a program on there because I found. I did some research when I first got it. Looked at some YouTube videos, um, and if you Google how do I balance my Creality Ender Pro Three. Um, a bunch of videos pop up that I'm sure are all good. I don't know if any one of these are the ones I watched or not, but um, they, they're talking about that Z-axis and X-axis leveling. So there's a program on that card. I don't remember what it's called, but it probably says something about leveling or something like that. And here's what I learned about it. You basically want to take uh, like card stock, like a business card, right? And just something that thick. You can go a little bit thinner if you want. Um, and each side of the plate, there's either four or six places that you can adjust for it to kind of go up and down. I can't remember. Uh, and this thing will, all it does, all the program does is have the nozzle go out and touch. And it'll stop and it'll wait for you to input. You checked it. And when it goes to the corner, you try to slide that card. You want that card to just make that little scraping sound and you'll feel it on the nozzle. So it's just that thin going between the plate and the nozzle and you adjust it. Cause if it just flies through that, that's too far apart. And if you can't get it in, it's too close. So you want the nozzle just far enough off the plate that that card scrapes. So you adjust the plate. So you adjust each corner and then it goes to the middle and you adjust and then it does it again for you to check everything. So there's a program on there to help you with that, but you may want to watch some videos to get some better understanding because ultimately you need it. And I've heard so many things about glass plates that the things come off just so much easier off a glass plate or a plate mat. Oh. You can put a magnetic plate mat on it, which of course you got to level it differently because the mat adds just a tiny bit on top of it. Right. But the plate mat I never got, but I wanted because coming straight off of the plate, as you can see, there's marks on it where it's had to be scraped and that where it mm -hmm. overly stuck to the plate and you want it to stick, but not overly stick and not too loose. So 
you know, uh, the, the mat one, the mat will come off and bring the pieces with it. And then you can kind of bend the mat and crack them off and it, it helps some. Cause, uh, there was a squirrel or two that lost its foot in the process because they didn't get off the <laughs> plate good. There, there was still some blue filament on the plate. When yeah. So it's, it can be really tough to clean sometimes. So, and, and feeding the filament, you've already learned about that, right? That can be, that can yeah. be a little tough. Switching it out. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, but the first time I did it, getting the hang of it took a while. But once I got the hang of it, I could feeding it from that top to the. I just remember the right part going in. It was just kind of very difficult to get that started. Once I got it started, it was fine. So yeah, I, I did buy a new plate. So it actually just came uh, yesterday. Today, what kind of plate is it? A metal plate, glass plate? It's metal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See. And it's got, it looks like it's got, like I tape it down, it almost looks like, because it's got a uh, an adhesive on the back. I have no idea. Hopefully it came with instructions. Yeah. yeah. Going to find out. It is from Creality, so it's, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you might, you might look into glass and, or really a magnetic mat to go on top of that, that will let you peel it off easier. Yeah, because the one that you the one that you had was it's like a, a plastic top. That's what almost. came with it. Whatever came with yeah. it. Yeah. That straight so, metal, is that what you got? Yeah, it's metal. Okay. So, so we'll see. What are you gonna do? Since the question is how do I get into 3D printing, besides just buying one and jumping right in, what are you doing to learn and what do you want to learn about that to to let you print better? Um, so I definitely need to learn just more about it in general. I am, I am very much a novice at it. Like I said, I won't, I set it up this past week. Um, and so I need to, I would love to learn 3d printing. Um, and civilian, you seem to have more, uh, experience with, uh, what is it? Prusa slicer. Yeah. Prusa slicer. Can you actually do 3D modeling in there or is it only for adjusting for your, your well, buy, I'm going to buy some time to answer. I, from the title, I'm pretty sure slicers are just that, that they, they, they make it, uh, it's actually a G G code G code. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, it just tells it how to do each layer. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised Civilian, we're buying you time. Come on, man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if um, there wasn't one that comboed, you know, because that would kind of make yeah. sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, because even if you can't, you can always find another bit of software to do your 3D modeling in and then upload it to Prusa, to Prusa Slicer to make the G code uh, that actually gets run. I, but, so um, I'd actually, so I still actually have a 3d printer, but it's one, of, it's a different style. It's the Elegoo. It's the, yeah. It's the resin one. Yeah. Right? It's the resin one. And it's very small. I mean, it's, it definitely prints very small. Um, and you want to talk about taking hours and that thing is like no direct sunlight. Don't leave it in a room where you're going to be sitting. Cause it could kill you with the, the fumes and well, that kind of thing. It, doesn't it use UV light to cure the resin or something like that? I think so. I think so. Uh, I, I haven't messed with it in a while. Um, and it takes SDL. I'm not SDL. I mean, it takes slicer. You know, you have to take the SDL, but it'll, basically as long as you scale it down to the right size. Um, 
It's okay. It really, because the resin's all translucent. So either you need to print stuff that looks good translucent, or you have to paint. And I'm just not a paint guy. I don't want to sit there. And, uh, uh, um, Ebbett actually had some kind of curing thing. So once you print it, because as you've seen, it probably has some slight rough edges, depending on, you know, how yeah. you, it's got a little, but there's, he had a second thing that you could put in that would cure it, that make it that smooth figurine. And then, of course, you can paint okay. it or not. Uh, so, ah, uh, civilian's not going to answer, but that's okay. Uh, but, crap, there's something else I was thinking of. At the end of the day, there is so much information available online for any of your hobbies, not just 3D printing. And so, when it comes down to it, I think I'll just consult Google and see how far I can get. Hey, all right, cool. I got some cool stuff. I, an email just came in uh, for Dragon Con, so we'll discuss it for the Patreon uh, stuff. I think you'll be interested in it. I went nuts, and that's that's my problem, right? I get into something like, oh my goodness, look at and I over. I had a file, dude, with two over two hundred STL files in it, like a folder with two hundred STL files in it. I only printed like two of them, but I went nuts. Like, oh, I want a Hulk statue behind me. You know, you know, bust. I want a Deadpool bust. I want the. And then it's, once you figure out, oh, the machine's this big and the bust is this big, I'm gonna have to print all these pieces, and and then I have to paint it because even if I do have green for Hulk, there's more colors to the Hulk than than that. And um, but yeah, if, if you can put the effort into it, which um, I think you guys probably would. Then it, it can be some really cool stuff. Uh, the Pikachu should still be on there. The Deadpool Pikachu. That's one of my favorite things I printed. I think that that might be on that card. It might not be. I don't remember seeing it, but. Uh, well, because a lot of stuff was on my computer. And because I plug in the card, move stuff to the card, and then put the card in the machine and to go. Uh yeah, Devo says, spend more money on materials than you would buying the Hulk outright. Yeah, probably. Um, you know, and man, Dennis has actually shown me when I went to visit, he, he planned this thing for me a long time ago with his 3d printer and he's printed out this, this big thing at all. It looks, uh, in the stages that it's in even, it looks gorgeous. It's going to be this massively beautiful Hulk thing. Uh, but he really wants to, to paint it and do it up right. So I may never get that present, but I love the thought that he put into it. And it was pretty awesome. What else do you want to say about 3d printing? Are you loving it? You, you, you getting hooked. What you going to do? I am going down a huge rabbit hole. Uh, and I am creating quite a list of stuff that I want to print eventually. But again, it takes hours and hours and hours to print. And, um, changing out the filament takes time as well. And so, yeah, it, it is, it is a definite time sink, but I think it's going to end up being a lot of fun. So there's two rabbit holes I can send you down that are kind of fun. One is there's a whole separate world in 3d printing of printing, uh, accessories for your printer. You know, you can, you can print things <laughs> that help with the filament. And I did one, I printed one that was a cover that goes over the fan, the screws were too short. Like, I don't know how to shave down the, the, in the, the size. I don't know how to shave down the size of the, the wings for this cover. Cause that's what it needed. Cause it's like, Oh, you take the screws off over the fan, put this on, put it back down. I couldn't do it. So I just let it sit over the fan. But yeah, there's so many accessories you can just print for your own uh, 3d printer to make it do different things. And uh, then the second 
thing to go down is um um oh, I lost it. Uh so there's a, the accessories. Oh, there's this 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 software called Octo something. I'm sure Devo or somebody can pop in here. Uh, but basically, you can put this little camera on it, and this Octo whatever can go software can take the video from the camera and, and actually in certain printers feed information back. So you don't have to pull the card in and out. You can actually do the command. You can be like upstairs on your phone or your laptop and go watch your printer printing and see. Oh, it stopped. I need to go put in filament or you know what? I'm not printing anything. I'm going to send this file over there and get it to start printing a, a Deadpool Pikachu or whatever. Uh, and that's another rabbit hole you can really spend a lot of man hours diving into and learning and spend money on getting stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I had a coworker who had set up a webcam so that he could check the progress of his 3D printer and stuff from his phone. Yeah. But. I never did that. I just found it very interesting. Roll that dice. Uh, let's see. Need a number that we haven't had yet. Aha! Bad dad jokes. It's your favorite. Well, at least it's not the final thing of the night. <laughs> and you can't 3D print those. It's true. Unless you can. What is a funny mountain called? <sighs> Hilarious. <laughs> the joy on your face. I, it's hard to even be mad at how bad that joke is because the joy on your face is just childlike. Uh, Devo says, brilliant. Best up. No. No, Devo, it wasn't. But uh, you, you enjoyed it. So that brings us to bowling stories. Daddy, tell me a story. Now, this is one I felt like all three of us had stories about somehow, some way. Is that something that resonates with you, Joe? Or do yeah. we need to grab? Okay. I don't quite remember why I wrote it. That's one of those things where we're after show and, oh, this or that. So, wrote, so tell me, Daddy. Daddy Joe, <laughs> tell me some bowling stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you wrote this down because we were briefly talking about how uh, Kurt was in a bowling league for a while and sure. bowled, bowled real high, real high. I'm like, usually blackout drunk after the bad dad joke. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you got to you got to take something to dull the pain. And we all make it through the, that segment one way or the other. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So bowling, one of the first things that that makes me think of is when I served a um, mission trip for my church, I was in an area where one of the church members owned the local bowling area. And so he let us uh, come there once a week and bowl for two hours for free. All right. And so, so uh, we'd go there just about every week uh, on a Wednesday and bowl for two hours and he'd give, he'd give us two lanes for two hours. And, uh, so, uh, every now and again, some, some more missionaries from around would come with us, but usually it was just the three of us that were there in the local area. And, uh, we got to the point where we were, we would bowl so fast that we would get in, in those two hours, 
14 games. So what seven, is wrong with you? Seven games on each lane. Were you basically. like Hulk arms or well, one arm anyway? Oh, I mean, come on. Yeah. How did you our, not our, damage your arms? Arms were very sore by the end. But we, we would try all kinds of weird throws. And uh, I got to the point where I could put a spin on it pretty good. Although it, I looked weird doing it because I have short, stubby fingers. So I couldn't hold it how a normal person would hold the ball. Um, but yeah, it it was pretty good. Um, the The highest I ever bowled, though, was just above 200. So nothing like Kurt with his, what, I think he said like 270 or something, something was like his that. his highest score. But uh, yeah, did, did a lot of bowling uh, while I was in, in that area. And I, I was there for about six months, if I remember right. So yeah, lots I, of bowling. I did some bowling growing up. Uh, back in my day, maybe that's a butt when you yeah. back in my day, uh, the PBA, right? Professional Bowling Association was a big thing coming up in the 80s and 90s. And it would be on TV, and you'd flip through like ABC on Saturday afternoons. I think there'd be Saturday morning cartoons, and Saturday, Saturday afternoons, you'd have the bowling tournaments on there, and, and just like you have golf and, and stuff now. And I remember watching some of that and watching these guys curved ball in this and other never really grabbed me. It looked like fun. I don't really remember much about bowling until college age and uh, Friday nights. They, they started doing the, the black light bowling and stuff. And I hated it. Not because of the lights. The lights are kind of cool, but it's because you're there with a bunch of friends and you want to hang out and talk. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. It was all this music. And it's like, Oh my God, this is not a club. He's giving me a headache. And I'm a big guy. Right? So, you know more about bowling. You've met me. What size bowling ball should I basically use to bowl with? Um, so I actually asked um, the, the guy who owned the bowling alley because he had been a professional bowler for a little while, him and his wife, apparently. And so I asked them, I was like, what, what should I do? And he said, Honestly, you should take whatever the heaviest is that you can still get good handling with. Okay. Um, because the heavier it is, the more it's going to knock the pins around and cause them to knock into each other. All right. And so that's that's what I was told. And so uh, I went from bowling with like a 12 to bowling with a 16 by the end of those uh, those six months um although generally nowadays i stick with about a 14 because i get i can handle that a bit better than a 16 but okay i didn't know that so that's good advice that makes sense i always assume bigger guys you know i guess maybe i kind of naturally assume what they're talking about that used a bigger heavier balls and of course it's, it's measured in weight and you know so anywhere between like a 11 to a 14 Mm, I don't pay rent that way. Uh, and if you know, you know, you gotta be here to know what, what I'm referring to. Cause this is the live chat and that's it. Moving on. So, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but I just, it, it hurts. Cause I just don't bowl very often. So when you're talking about getting two hours of time, you're talking about really with, with me and my wife and, and, and most points, just two kids at any given time. It was rare to have all four kids go with us to bowl or whatever. Uh you're doing two or three games because one, one. Now I love having little kids, 
because I can put the bumpers <laughs> up. And with the bumpers up, baby, I can bowl pretty well. With the gutters up, <laughs> I do okay. I actually do okay now. I think my best without bumpers, my best was like uh, 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 150, 140. I'm not great, you know, because I just don't do it often. The coolest thing about bowling for me is my bowling shoes. I have bowling shoes that have white skulls on the sides of them that really light up with a black light. They look great. Uh, I, I'm too heavy to get the slide down where I can't do the slide. So I, I keep whatever. So I, I just, my wrist hurts, my arm hurts with a 13 or 14. So I like to get the little eight pound balls and palm them like a basketball. And the first time I did this was when I was in college. And you can imagine wild, crazy, wouldn't impress the girls, whatever. So I grabbed an eight or nine pound ball, palmed it and took it and just sidearmed it. And it went down the alley and went boom, boom, boom crash and it made the loudest sound when it hit the pins and everybody's like oh my god you're getting us kicked out and <laughs> and i didn't get us kicked out we get in trouble at all but uh, uh nowadays if you if you stay on tiktok or youtube or vine or anything i know vine's not around but is there too yeah i didn't do anything that's going to get us kicked out because there's people who fool around they hit the they hit the tvs with the ball they they hit oh. i've seen them hit the roof tiles with the ball Favorite, you keep putting in bowling stuff. What is your favorite bowling movie or moment? I mean, as far as movie goes, and it's not a bowling movie sure. per se, but Mystery Men. Yeah, the ghost. Fantastic I want that ball. Movie. You cannot find that ball. I tried. So good. Oh, I'm sure yeah, towards no, the movie so, is out everywhere. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, for, if you've never seen Mystery Men, Look it up. It is a, um, uh, it is, it is a spoof movie of, of a superheroes. superhero movie. But Do you know who the bad guy is? Some, it has some big actors in it. Yeah. Period. Jenny Groffalo uh, is one of the main, she's the bowler. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, Ben Stiller, it, it's got, it's got a lot of mystery. It, it has a ton of people. It has, yeah. um, uh, Kel, Yep. Uh, I can't remember what his real name, his actual yeah, name yeah. is. Um, but like, yeah, it's got a, uh, Eddie Izzard is the bad guy. Is a villain. Uh, uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it's got, it's got a bunch of people. William, William H. Macy. It's got, uh, Paul Rubens in it. Oh, um, Yes, it's, and it, I agree with you. It's underrated. It's fun. It, it's great. My favorite bowling moment: Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with Napoleon. He goes. He does, he slides. Mir, mir, mir. Hey, just he's just pounding, and everybody's just laughing at him. I just I love that scene so much at the bowling alley with with Napoleon. So good. Uh, well, and and like and and some of their superpowers. And it, I put air quotes in there. I hope the podcast people can hear that. But they're just so it's so ridiculous. Like Kel's character, he tell like they have auditions for people, right? And he comes in and he's like, "I have the power to become invisible, but only if no one's looking at me." <laughs> <laughs> That's not a power. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's it is. Awesome. 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 Awesome movie. 
best though I the the definitive bowling movie. It's um I just saw the dude. The Flintstones. Got no. it. Oh <laughs> Uh, uh, Market Eight, dude. I just lost it. it. It's one of Hugh's favorites. He turned me on to it. Uh, Mark and Eight. Mark it a. It's a line in the movie. The dude. Just type the dude bowling, and it's just big, big, Lebowski. Oh, big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Got it. Got it. Yep. Big Lebowski. It's definitely not for everybody. It's definitely different. But it's for me. It is the 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 pivotal bowling movie, if you will. And um, I actually, for one of Hughes' gifts, back when Blockbuster was going out of business, I bought the Big Lebowski Collector's Edition for him. That is a bowling ball-sized case that holds, you open it up, and there's the DVD of the movie and the DVD of the special edition and a booklet that goes with it and other stuff. And uh, so he has that. And actually, a few years ago, uh, one of the smaller theaters in Atlanta that does... Um, uh, fun stuff, if you will, uh, did a showing of the big Lebowski and, and, uh, we actually went and they had we bowling set up on the big screen early on. So you could do the, the bowling on the movie screen until they showed the movie. Uh, did you ever do the we bowling Joe? Oh yeah. Well, my and favorite part was throwing the ball throwing backwards back. on purpose. Yes. <laughs> Making a crackle. Every time that was so much fun. Uh, but Joe, I think we've had enough fun. I think it's time to go home and put the kids to bed. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, probably. So really, you know what? What do you know what? I'll tell you what. The wish Howie Mandel really likes the Big Lebowski. But what is his favorite comfort food? And that's the show. <laughs> Follow these nerdy dads on social media. Charles at Rock God of Podcasting. Joe at Joseph underscore Ard. Check out the website, wiseandnerdy.com. And as always, they may not be your father, but they'll always be your daddy. And check out Vio by Kurt. He'll be back uh, presumably next week. You crossed the line. Mark it eight, dude.